Hello, and welcome to Just Another Side Quest, a podcast about video games and everything around them. Uh, I have with me today James and Aaron. And I, of course, am Randall. Um, so what have you uh, what have you guys been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh man, it's just a blur every time. Uh, so we're house shopping, which obviously makes it a blur. Yeah, it just it's it's busy. been a lot of fun. But instead of browsing games and playing games, we're browsing Zillow and Redfin. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Redfin is my friend. I ended up using their um, their realtor actually last time we bought uh, this house down here. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, been uh, interesting. Yeah, you gotta you gotta set those uh, those filters and then loosen yeah. them up. And yeah, yeah, it's a lot of loosening. <laughs> I like zoned in on one area that we're like, yeah, we like this area, and then houses start cropping up. Oh, that's a little bit of a draw. Oh, that's kind of Timbuktu, but like the commute isn't that bad. It's actually still the same. But now we're on like the opposite side of town. And you're just like slowly creeping further and further out, and that farther out you get, like the cheaper the houses are. So. It's tempting to just go live out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, and if you know if you live in town versus out of town, it could be five miles to work and then fifteen miles to work if you live out of town, and it takes the same amount of time. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got more traffic, more stoplights. But if you just hop on the highway and just you know bomb down the the highway or the freeway, that could be a lot easier. That's what I did for for twelve years, and now I've kind of got a shorter mile commute but it's it's through through downtown and so it takes me just as long as it did when i lived in the sticks oh, yeah. um mm-hmm. so you know trade one for the other yeah. uh but yeah definitely i spent the last seven years definitely in the boonies yeah and it's kind of nice to have a, a a calm relaxing you know two stoplights the whole 25 minute drive and yeah just, for uh, sure Cruise at fifty five, so that's you know it's just something you got to consider. Yeah, as long as uh, they got good internet, you know, speeds are fast. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of hit and miss uh, out there, especially in Oregon. Uh, you there are some that say, oh well, that's just a a small city owned one. It can't be that good, and it's better than Comcast because it doesn't have caps, that yeah. sort of thing. So yeah. yeah, so we're doing that. That's uh big chunk of life right now. Um, but we still managed to play some games. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff happening out there. So there's plenty of news and just... Plenty of reason to stay indoors and play yeah, games. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of reason to, yeah, yeah, shut yourself inside and play online. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. All of my hobbies include not being around people. <laughs> it, it's kind of <laughs> funny when it's like, stay inside. And don't congregate in large groups. And you're like, oh, so just do what I normally do. Great. (laughs) Okay. Steady on, sir. Yep. Uh, For me, it seems like, you know, uh, it would be terrible to be quarantined. But if there is a mandatory quarantine like in Italy, um, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you would fake sick for school. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, you know, you got away with it and your parents went to work, but you know you can't actually do anything or you'll be busted. So you just kind of got to sit around and do nothing. It gets boring, but find ways to entertain yourself. It's it's a sick day without being sick. 
Oh, I love those. Yeah, those are the best. I know that actually yeah. when I was sick last time, I was thinking, it was like, I kind of feel good enough to be working well, like, as I was recovering, but yeah. I wasn't quite good enough to go to work. I was like, but if I get on Discord, it will say I'm playing this game and my coworkers oh, yeah. can see this. Yep. Is this okay? Yep. That's why I've disabled like, but, but you are sick, you know. <laughs> I was. Like, it was legitimate. It was okay. It was just like, I had that moment of panic. It was like, wait a minute. I still feel a little guilty. Like, I'm homesick. And then all your coworkers get to see that you just got to play, like, video games all day. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're not out on, like, a jet ski, you know. You're, you're still laying in bed yeah. like you're supposed to be doing. Possibly. <laughs> well, that's if it's Discord on the computer, then maybe not, but. As long as it doesn't say we fit, I think yeah. you're uh, probably okay. Probably. It's actually kind of interesting how, I mean, we work on platforms that have a bunch of this interconnectivity, like Discord, a couple of the other um, tools that we have at work. And the fact that Discord actually does link up your other activity, and then most of what you do is on the computer, so it's like broadcasting to this work platform almost, it would it's kind of like if you called in sick and then someone had like a live feed that they could watch at work of you jet skiing or whatever while you're sick. It's just kind of odd that that's a like a scenario that we have where mm-hmm. you're quite literally at home and you're like, oh, what I do right now is visible by my coworkers. Yes. That's interesting. Dystopia. No, it's, it's fine. Totally worth it. I've I've disconnected my my like feed that tells you what I'm running when I'm on Discord so that I don't feel guilty. I haven't, but that's because I kind of like seeing that it says I'm working in Photoshop or I'm oh, playing Photoshop. Yeah. So it doesn't, yeah, no one's going to see I'm working in Logic, so. Well, you could connect it if you wanted to. I don't huh. know if it would broadcast Logic, though, like the music tool. I don't know. That would be strange, someone watching you. Yeah work yeah. from remote and that's I don't know, yeah that that's kind of what happens at work you used to have to you know stroll around with your coffee looking over people's shoulder like a normal person exactly that's what i still do at work that's i gotta walk around and check on people you know wait are you supposed to do other things than that at work no that's so yeah just, that's all it was, it's I just have a to place do. that you go for eight hours and stroll around yeah. and yeah and look at other people get the free coffee from the workroom Walk around, sip that free coffee, chat. Yeah, important. Say important that you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Is it good? Is it good coffee though? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Our work has okay. very good coffee. It's amazing. Our lead programmer is very picky about his coffee, and he's been there since 08 or 04. I can't remember how long he's been with the company. So he's one of the That's bar, like, forty years in the electronics time. Yeah. It's like founding. He's one of the founding members, I think. Not founding, but he was one of the first employees. And it's just like, and so he, so he had a lot of say earlier on of like what kind of coffee they decided to bring in, and he was picky and chose a really good place. Well, that's 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 really helpful. That's mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Oh, sure, they can watch me work from their office, but at least I got good coffee. Yep. Yep. So definitely, definitely, I think we can run into news, which you know, there's really only one thing. On the headlines, uh, we promise we'll be brief, but it does have such an impact on gaming and everything surrounding the culture that you know we'd be remiss to not to not at least mention it. Um, Netflix has stopped production. Marvel stopped production. 
uh, movies are movie releases are being delayed, you know, to so people don't go into theaters and congregate, you know, from 007 to Wonder Woman, just um, everything's getting delayed or shut down um, in this portion of time. So maybe this is the chance we've all been waiting for to catch up on our backlog. I know. I've been complaining about it. Now the new content's all paused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's all I could think about. We're, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, yeah. but there's so much coming out. I can't keep up. Well, they stopped for yep. you. They're well, like, oh, come on, catch up. So you buy our stuff yep. when it comes out. Yeah, that's smart on a lot of uh, these. I mean, that's in, it's insane. Some of the production that is halting and the amount of like money that would be getting generated that's like not. So I'm really curious just what the next couple of years look like, even from a depending on how minor or how major production stops end up being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, game-wide as well. We've had a couple conferences get shut down. E3, I mean, I I know it's not as big as it used to be, but E3 is still a a huge deal. And the fact that it's completely shut down, all of these um, publishers have to decide how they want to distribute their content now. Yeah, you know, it, it used to all be at this at this one show, and although a lot of the big names had kind of already pulled out, yeah. there's a lot of people that have to figure out: Are we going to do our own private live stream? What are we What are we doing to get this information out there? How do we reach the most people? You know, with this at the least cost, obviously, yeah. Some, like, um, and without Direct. getting a bunch of people together. Yeah, I know that uh, one. Uh, I was talking with someone about this, and he was saying that he doesn't think that E3 is going to survive this. That oh, yeah. because yeah. they they have been going down, like into tenants, people have been pulling, a bigger company has been pulling out anyways, and now they're having to shut down for this year, or at least majorly delay. It's like, I don't, he doesn't know that they're going to survive. I kind of agree with him on this. Yeah. They've done all the work, and now they have to get, you know, full refunds to vendors and to, um, you know, customers and and ticket buyers and everyone. Yeah. That's financially a big deal for something that only happens once a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. That's those one-year events that need to happen so that they can do the next year's. Um, yeah, financially, that seems like they might not survive. I also am curious, like, if all of these studios are now, and publishers, the bigger names, are forced to find their own formats to advertise their content or show the audience out there what they're in the like process of making, uh, if they end up being successful, if they find some ways to do that and it works, they might be like, why are we even going to E3 to do that if we can do it you know, cheaper or more efficiently in-house and it's still generating just as much viewership? So I'm kind of curious. I'm curious how they deliver their news content, especially like Sony. I don't know. We're kind of waiting around for them to announce stuff. I know they weren't going to be at E3, but now without E3, they're uh, like just primed, ready for us to get some sort of weird show that they might host or do um, to announce their new console and some of the new titles. I I think that Nintendo may have, you know, the best the best way of oh, doing yeah. this. I Nintendo think the people enjoy the Nintendo Directs are are really good. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I think that's what they should kind of strive to to do. And if Nintendo can do it, there's no reason that <laughs> no. Sony yeah. and Microsoft can't catch that same yeah. kind of kind of fire. Like I'm not sure if uh, smaller development teams can can do. I don't think there's a reason you can't. You can make good content uh, now, but with a lot of the smaller companies already doing crunch to keep up with deadlines and stuff, to also have to make their own online convention for it uh not sure if that's easier for them or not yeah um we'll see uh i know especially like live service live service games uh have their own almost nintendo direct d kind of update videos Mm -hmm. um overwatch is a good example where jeff like comes out and does a big old long spiel as if he's talking to you and those are fairly effective at communicating to the community what's kind of happening or about to happen see if thieves does the same thing every week they have their patch yeah. updates that they do a, a, a weekly video on yeah so we're probably gonna see maybe more of those at a higher level publisher wise with somebody uh, they need spokespeople to do that um but yeah more i wonder if someone's videos. gonna sprout up as an aggregator of those, I mean, because if everyone's gonna start, gonna start doing this, you know, that's a lot for people to try and keep track of singularly. Um, and so, I wonder if, if uh, you know, maybe even the people from E three can kind of shift their business model. They need to into, to be online into something like that. That I feel like that might be a smart place to go. If I was like running E three, I is I didn't pay a lot of attention last year to E3. Um, it was pretty busy, I think, at work. Uh, but I don't remember it being a very online like service. Like E3 was a lot of YouTube videos, or you had to be there, um, or content creators who showed up just giving their own content later with like E3 videos of them going through for a day and opinions on games they were able to play. Um, but that wasn't E3 like hosting that stuff. So I'd agree with I you. I have like, a kind of I think there's a lot of space for them if they were to move into it. I have a kind of a tinfoil hat theory. Um tell me if this makes Ooh, any kind of hats. sense. I feel like E3 started to dip when G4 went off the air. Hmm. I yeah. think that's what kind of publicized E3 to the greater gaming audience um you know with with actual with a video and almost super bowl like coverage of of the whole con um you know that said there's still a lot behind like uh, comic con and you know dragon cons getting bigger so there are other conventions that are more successful than e3 that are even more niche mm-hmm. um so I could be off, but that's just kind of when I felt that maybe that's because I got a lot of my E3 information from that. Uh, and that's kind of when I started to fall off of it. So I don't know if that had any other bearings. Is that just me? Uh, like this shift, especially in the gaming space, of like news content being done through a news publicist. I know IGN and... Uh, like GameSpot and Kotaku or other spaces that are kind of filling that like G4 were a big company with a bunch of newscasters and we're like doing news. Um, 
but they've almost copied like content creators. And a lot of, I think how we intake our opinions on video game content is usually by personalities that we agree with or like or understand really well, um, which is one of the problems I think that like IGN and review sites have had is like they don't have a consistent voice. There's different people reviewing. And yeah, I think to a large degree, you're right. Like the the trust isn't there on these bigger companies that are trying to do that like newsy thing. So you end up with like E3 just having a lot of content creator type videos. Uh, you know, watch it on YouTube with a day breakdown by the person that you want to watch it from because you've been watching their game reviews for like the last year or their live streams. And companies like IGN haven't stepped into a place where we... I mean, they essentially look and feel like the content creators where they've just got a, a specific personality out on the show floor doing some walkthroughs of some stuff. And that's identical in a lot of ways to the content creator system. So yeah. Yeah, I'm and it's you. more of you're, you're calling your buddy at the end of the day who went to the con yeah. going, hey, Trevor, how was the it's con? exactly mm-hmm. what it feels like, yeah. As opposed to getting on the TV and watching you know, curated, produced content of this is what it was. And then they've got, you know, bumpers at the at the top and bottom mm-hmm. and you're they're explaining everything and there's lots of B-roll footage and, you know, uh, a properly produced segment versus like you say, like a content creator where it's a guy holding a GoPro on a on a stick, uh, just telling his opinion, which I like. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a different thing. And I think that kind of there's no one place that everyone goes, oh, well, if you want this, you go to here. Yeah. And I agree that I don't think IGN or Kotaku kind of have that, oh, well, this is that channel. It's This is a place that is a bunch of content creators yes, all exactly. shoving it to one URL. It's just a combined RSS feed. And that is exactly what it kind of feels like. It doesn't have that cohesive voice right now. So yeah, I think that there's a missing, I mean, it's just, Going from like TV, where you you were stuck with you know whatever channel you had, G four didn't have a lot of competition to now, a lot of competition on the market, and they're having a hard time maybe identifying how to be different from a content creator. Because yeah, you're right. It feels like just a like a pile of content creators all grouped under an umbrella. Are we all off base here? Um... Uh, Aaron, or do you do you think maybe there's something behind that? I don't have as much of an opinion on it. I don't really keep up with the with E3 itself. I've never, and I don't um, unless it's a game I'm already excited about. I don't usually go and read random reviews for games. Oh yeah. Uh, did you did you used to follow E3 though, or was that never never a thing for you? Never really a thing. I think I had one year where I uh, kind of havesy watched it, but and like. And sometimes, like, just even for the, I'll watch, like, maybe a small segment that's like, hey, here are the games that are being announced. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, like, has a load of trailers, and it's, like, skipped through to cut through all, like, the mini chat, so it's just the trailers part. But that's about as much as I go into it. Okay, so are were there any of these kind of uh, video game cons that you that you have followed, or is that simply more of a case of you're simply not interested in the in the big week- weekend con uh, delivery system. 
I haven't ever really gotten into that delivery system for the bigger cons. And also over the years, usually what happens for me is I get really hooked into one or two games over the years. And with maybe a couple with a couple of smaller or like one time games like interspersed. It's like for years I followed I was playing League of Legends and following Riot Games religiously. So when they actually had a con that was just deliver just for them, I went to that. But I didn't go to the bigger any of the big cons that had multiple games because I never felt like I would get very much out of it for the price I had to pay to go to or to attend. And so I never really got into that at all. Okay, so you you weren't a a follower of the industry; you were a follower of what interested you. Yes, I think that's probably healthier anyway. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, because you see a lot of things you want to buy when you're just like watching all the trailers. I don't know. I spent a lot of my teenage years with that with that you know tech TV and G four fire hose of content. Just oh, yeah. I need anything that that you can come out with about you know any of these. Any of these cons and conventions, I need I need all of it. And that was probably not ideal. I don't know. I put a, probably too much money towards League of Legends Maybe. for a free-to-play game. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, in some ways, worthwhile. Supporting a, supporting a company that I played their game for eight-plus years. Yeah. Seven-plus years. Well, can count for something. That's the thing is you got to, you know, you got to just think of the math in a way that that works. <laughs> However, you, you can reconcile it <laughs> in your head and in your heart. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've spent because time. you know how much how much money do I pay you know per month for you Netflix know my phone? Yeah. You know mm-hmm. my phone. It costs too much to have a cell phone, um, but what it's able to do for me is is a lot. So you know I kind of figure out you know your own cost analysis, and then I look at you know my Patreon dollars for a podcast network that I listen to religiously. And I go, well, I get dozens of hours of content a month for 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. That is a, it a huge, huge, uh, uh, deal, you know, cause I pay a lot more for my cell phone that gives me, you know, a little bit more, um, than that. So you got to figure out, well, if I have this many hours into league of legends or into apex legends or, or no, apex you know, whatever, Whatever uh, game it is, <laughs> that game is targeting way per hour if it's worth it. But yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On uh, Destiny, whatever. Yeah, whatever is uh, taking the money out of your wallet. Mm-hmm. That's not a waste. Everyone wastes their money on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm curious. So, Aaron, the one con or the actual like convention, because um, you had mentioned like Aaron not paying attention to the industry. GDC also got canceled, um, and that's mm-hmm. one that, again, because we're in the actual industry, um, pay more attention to, and mm-hmm. actually look forward to a bunch of the talks that come out every year. And they're really good at posting talks later once kind of all of the purchased people that like paid for the content when it first came out. You can like see a lot of older archived videos down the road, six months to a year out, um, and that's stuff that Aaron and I have. And yeah. especially Erin, because she's been um, mm-hmm. to GDC. That is a con that I just don't consider it a convention. It's a, it's a conference. It's, it's a, a conference and not a con- uh, so. The E3 is a conference. It's a different con. Yeah. A convention's where like the people are the, for- I think, the focus, right? It's like the people congregating yeah, and is E3 like the core. E3 is, is specifically for um, 
because I last I had heard this could be old old information is that they had stopped letting. Uh, I almost said regular people. That's not the right terminology. Just regular, people. Uh, but non-industry people uh, oh. didn't get badges anymore and couldn't get in. I haven't E3, heard of that, and it had become. Hmm. Just that, so maybe they had they had turned back on that, but I know the problem was it was becoming like Comic Con, and people couldn't get in and do work anymore yeah. because there was too many fans. It, uh, so I know they had done that at one point. I don't recall. Um, that can can you guys give me the elevator pitch? Because I don't know much about. I hear GDC. I've I've heard the term before, but I don't I really do know okay. the Game Developers Conference. What what is it exactly? So the Game Developers Conference typically has like a bunch of the big companies, a bunch of like they have an indie section, they'll have an expo floor that you can play all these games or see all of these like um, pitches for new tech, um, any cool systems. Like you'll see some systems there where um, where it sounds just like E three. Yeah, well, this part is probably like E three, not knowing what E three is from my side. Okay. E three is going to include things like um, you know Ford talking about their um, autonomous vehicle systems. It's electronics. They do toasters and televisions and everything electronic. Yeah. Uh, kind of a conference, but sounds like GDC is more. It's the game it's, game focused stuff. So the tech you see there is stuff like maybe Wacom, which is an art tablet. They have they usually have a booth there. It's actually one of the ones I almost every time I've gone, I've gone to that booth. Um, they have, they'll show some motion capture tech. Then there's other things where they like, where they show off. Like they have a there was a huge Fortnite booth when I was last there that you could ride. Uh, oh gosh, what could you ride? A llama. A llama, yeah. They had a llama riding a llama? bull ride. You were riding a llama instead of a bull. It was funny. Um, and then they have a little indie section and like, but yeah, it's kind of that's on the expo floor. But then on the other side of it, there's a bunch of. Um, talks going on that are focused towards the developers. Like um, one of the more expensive passes I've put the money towards for that, it was about art direction. So I went into a bunch of talks that were ta- where the speakers were art directors talking about the games they directed. And so I got to learn for a little bit from them on what those were in person. And then afterwards, I got to ha- the chance to talk with them as well. So that that's one of the connection pieces you can get. There's also a bunch of meetups um, between developers or workshops that happen while you're there. Um, and then they also have then the after parties. So a lot of networking happens as well. So the long and short of that is that GDC is entirely focused on a standard convention format for developers where the core of what's happening is talks. Mm-hmm. You go for information, learning, networking, and they happen to have the expo floor, which is typically, yes, that like Ford or some other, you know, mm-hmm. tech, like all the more demo-y advanced stuff that might not be getting put right into a game. But it's like, hey, Unity is here. Mm-hmm. Or the game engine, like here's a bunch of fancy stuff we're going to be rolling out next year. Audience, like gamers don't care about this, but the developers of these are going to want to yes. test out these systems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, yes, exactly that stuff. So it's a business, it's a, completely it's business focus. It's business. It's <laughs> but with the, talks. It's I think the talks is the big difference. Oriented expo floor. Yeah, I feel like the expo floor isn't the core focus. So like the big thing you pay packages for, or like mm-hmm. 
um, the purchase price is vastly higher than E3 because there's these huge thousand, two thousand dollar ticket prices. Yeah, and it's so that you can go to these like talk um, lectures. Lectures, yeah. and it's essentially you can get like the art lecture line of talks, and that's like two, three talks a day for like three days, mm-hmm. and that's where like you can get your price up to a lot if you're trying to nab some art talks and some sound talks and some programming talks. Yeah. And for the people who are like who already like have a bunch of meetings set up, they only might buy the expo pass for their free time. Like to go around yeah. and look at the expo. Yeah, but they'll they'll go to other places like it's like the local coffee shops get huge business boosts because that's where a bunch of people will do meetings or the bar or random random if- rooms. You're looking, someone who's listening to this mm-hmm. is curious about game dev and is trying to get in. The first step is probably to figure out what you want to do and actually get some training and whatever it is you want to do. But if you're trying to actually get into the industry and get hired somewhere, um, I think both this, I'm not sure about E3, but volunteering is a way to get all of the ticket prices down to a really low price. Um, and you're guaranteed, I think, a certain amount of time to then go network. Um, so it's actually a really good option if you're trying to get into the industry just to like get your portfolio in front of people. I know, Aaron, when you were there, you had mentioned a pile of young people kind of showed up with portfolios and were shoving like resumes into your hands. Because mm-hmm. I had the title of art director there and they were like, you're an art mm-hmm. director? Will you look at my portfolio, please? Yeah. So, <laughs> that, was a, that was a new experience for me. Yeah. But <laughs> but you did, uh, as an art director, mm-hmm. did you look at them? Yeah. Then I gave them advice, the best go. advice I could give uh, at the time. I could give better advice now because I've looked at far more portfolios by now. But yeah, but it, it to some degree worked. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the people, get, one of the yeah. people that we, we have that we're working with now, actually at work, um, I think we originally met him. We originally met him at GDC. Oh, okay. So that actually turned into a hire. Yes. So if you want to get in, just go for it. Invest in yourself a little bit, and that seems like a good place to kind of get your feet wet. Yeah, I would heavily caution it's not a great starting point because uh, if you hand a resume out with like no experience on it or you don't actually know how to model stuff in 3D, um, but you're handing a portfolio over hoping to get a you know a 3D modeling job, it's probably not going to work out. Um, but if you've gone to school for it and you're trying to figure out what to do or how to plug in, or you've been self-taught and you've gotten to a point where you feel like your chops are ready for professional work, then yeah, it's like a perfect, you've climbed the ladder, this is the perfect spot to like jump off the diving board then. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds, I was going to say fun, but I guess fun <laughs> yeah, is subject, no, for uh, me, subjective. Not fun. Uh, that's the worst part is trying to sell yourself and like hand out resumes to be super judged by a bunch of people like on the spot. Yeah, that's the bad part of the Please job. Please validate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My favorite part is definitely the indie floor, but and particularly they have a part of the indie floor that's like alternative controllers. That Oh, yeah? Yeah, so one of the games, my first year I went there, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a pug-based game where you had a giant tennis ball that was the size of a basketball that you had to roll so it's like like the underside of the old mouses that had the oh, wheels. Yeah. So like that, it's like a rollerball. Yeah, so it's a rollerball. Like that's how you're controlling the pug walking around on the screen is by moving this roller this this ball around, and it's really funny. It was really great. Um, but that's like the alternative control section. It's yeah. 
uh, yeah, that's my favorite area because it's really creative. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you got stuff you can touch. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more tactile than probably a <laughs> lot of the other Probably demos. one of the reasons why it's not there this year because it's canceled. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Even if it wasn't canceled, that particular thing I probably wouldn't be touching. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Just wash your hand. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, um, you know, the news is is, is all is all uh, virus related. So I think we're going to, we're going to kind of wash our hands of that. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how hey, we've been instructed to do just that. Um, and uh, we'll also wash our hands of my bad jokes and we'll oh, move on. You're dad now. Those, um, those don't stop, do they? Right. That's tw- twice over. Yeah. I, I try my best to keep it, uh, keep it away, but <laughs> I can't. It's my curse. Pokemon Bank. I'm going to move us right into yeah, topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something um, I have uh, a vague conception of because I read I read about it and I I smiled and nodded as I read and went okay. So what is this? What is this more than uh, an ability to transfer some things, some directions, some time? Um, I know Aaron. Is our resident poke expert? Poke yes, expert. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, can you can you kind of dumb this down to uh, to Randy level? So, <laughs> or at least try. With the first couple of generations of Pokemon games, you could always like take Pokemon from the first generation and um, with with the link trade actually like, trade them over to the second generation. But you couldn't trade Pokemon backwards. That's still true. However, what the, and then before, um, what Pokemon Bank does is it gives an online option for this. And this isn't the first version of this either, although I'm forgetting the name of the first version. So it started with a cable, and you essentially just yeah. plugged in your old Game Boy into your newer Game Boy and transferred over. And because the newer Game Boy had new software, the old Game Boy couldn't possibly like pull new Pokemon because it didn't have them programmed. Yeah. But the new Game Boy could. And then they just essentially took the cable away when Game Boys had online features and sent them into the cloud. A little bit, but so you could put your Gen One characters into like Crystal on the DS, mm-hmm. but you couldn't bring your—I literally don't know one character from the third gen, but you couldn't pull them back to Red. Yes, and use them. You couldn't bring Umbreon, which is a second generation Pokemon, back into Pokemon Red because that's first generation. There you go. Um, but that's kind of like the okay. basics of trading with the Pokemon Bank. It's literally another app that you can store. Po- Pokemon from any of the games in, you do have to connect it with the DS, with their handheld console, the Nintendo handheld console's version of the um, Pokemon Bank, and that's why I'm forgetting the name of. I think it was... I can't remember what it's... Oh, no. Sorry. The old version is called Pokemon Bank. The new version on the Switch is called the Pokemon Home. Yeah, right. Right, 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 um, right. And so the Pokemon Bank home. is with the DS, and uh, is with DS, DS Lite, um, uh, 3DS... We, that's where you connect to the internet and you're able to put Pokemon from any of the games that you can get to internet access and blow them up there. And you pay like a $5 uh, fee, I think. I think it's that for like a year. Um, and then you just have this available and you can always put Pokemon in. You can't always put them, bring them out into a, the specific game you want them to go, but you can always put them in. And then you like have access to these Pokemon. For me, this is really valuable because, hey, I want to restart my Pokemon game, but I only have one save file. 
Uh, and so then I can't, so I have to either get rid of all my Pokemon because I have to erase them, or, hey, I can put these ones I don't, I'm not ready to let go of up into the Pokemon bank. And so now with the Switch, with the Pokemon Home, which is not a $5 fee, but a $16 fee a year, um, you have uh, the ability to put um, transfer Pokemon from both the, the bank over to the home permanently. You can't switch back. Um, but you can also bring Pokemon from the new Sword and Shield games over into it. You can use um, Hey You Pikachu. Not Hey You Pikachu. That's that's a Nintendo game. Sorry. Uh, that, that's the other thing. That, let's uh, go Pikachu. Yeah, let's, let's go Pikachu. And Let's Go Eevee can be brought in. You and know, Pokemon uh, Go, right? And Pokemon Go. Yeah. I actually, um, when I realized this, I actually have a Pokemon Go Vaporeon. That was my front of my... My shiny Eevee, a shiny Eevee I got while during one of the event days. When I realized with Let's, Let's Go Pikachu that I could bring that over, I brought it for Let's Go Pikachu. And now I'm playing with that same Vaporeon. That's a, it's like a shiny, it's a shiny Vaporeon. It's purple. It's fun. And now it's in my Sword and Shield game. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can actually get a bit more of a connection to a mm-hmm. single Pokemon. Yeah. And so it, it, okay. Does this have anything to do with the, uh, change in the safari zone in the let's go game yes yes i i believe i can't remember the entire thing because it's been a while since i've visited that safari zone I, over a year since i've visited the let's go safari zones but um yes i believe that if you could bring your let's your um your pokemon go pokemon into the safari zone and catch and like recatch them there kind of Okay, and they they changed the the way that they do the levels, obviously, because uh, Pokemon Go levels go into the hundreds. So there must be some math wizardry that they that they pull to make your levels nine hundred mm-hmm. Vaporeon port over to you know the proper level caps. Yeah, the CP equaling what an actual level means. Like when I brought it over, it would, or when I revisited that same Vaporeon, it was like levels fifty or sixty. Um, I think it came in at level 30, roughly. And I can't remember okay. what CP it was. So, uh, But that's what the Pokemon Home is. It also has some extra features that's, that are pretty fun in the fact that it, you can, it actually is encouraging people to collect all the Pokemon like they always do in every single game. But um, Yeah, that's the whole game. <laughs> it is. But uh, with the Home, it... Go ahead. It gives you little mini quests. So like, hey, for let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee, here are a here's a Viridian Forest quest. So you have to collect these four Pokemon that are found in Viridian Forest and bring them into the Pokemon home. And then oh, that's so neat. it gives you little mini quests, little mini achievements to be able to go through cool. as you're going through it, and which makes it into a game that's connected with the other ones. And I think that's give you that little dopamine ding. Yes, ding, you did a thing. And I think that's new mm-hmm. compared to the old Pokemon Bank. Hmm, well, that's interesting because yeah, it's more than just a bank. It's a whole it it it's a whole kind of it's something that that brings up all of the games and, and puts an extra bit into all the games. It's like free DLC for mm-hmm. everything and kind of interconnects all the games. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Right now, there aren't. There's only quests related to the Let Let's Go series and Sword and Shield. Um, there aren't any that are related to the DS games, like, mm-hmm. uh, like even like the new like or the revamped Omega Ruby and 
Like I Sun and Moon? Or? Um, the, the Sun and Moon Pokemon. If you bring them in, they're just registered in the Pokedex. There isn't a quest assigned to them mm. unless they are found um, normally in the Let's Go series or in Sword and Shield. Well, that is very on-brand for uh, Game Freak. Oh, no, just focus on the new ones. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. They don't do a lot of backwards compatibility with things. Which makes sense. I've uh, Yeah, I mean, this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the complaints, I think, when this was first launched at its price point was its, its price point and what you're getting for your $16 a year, which seemed, I think, steep to a decent number of people that were like reporting on it well when, when nintendo online itself is only 10 and it does so much more except voice chat um then <sighs> oh my goodness nintendo's know, online <laughs> service is so behind the times but yes yeah, yeah, I'm i digress paying, i'm paying 10 bucks a month for uh nes and snes games and i'm i'm aware yeah of it. um but aaron what, like is it worth the money that you have paid for this for me who which i, I I play Pokemon because it's fun to go through the journey over and over with new teams that I get attached to those teams and I never want to let them go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's because you can go back through a bunch of your old games where all you kind of felt like you could do is rewalk through some areas with like all your top level Pokemon because mm-hmm. you didn't want them to get deleted. Okay. Yes. So now you can. You can actually like reset games. Yes. That makes and I don't lose it. my okay. Pokemon. It's lovely. Yeah. That's nice. That, that's way better than just praying that the watch battery in your cartridge doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little safer. At least peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and stay on topic with uh, Pokemon. Uh, we we kind of have uh, a couple of us played, played the demo of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. That's a lot of syllables. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Aaron and I both played the demo. Uh, she talked about it, and I had to had to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you played it first, I'm going to let you go first. Um, what do you What do you think? What is the game? That's kind of since we're going into games we played. Kind of will explain what what the game is. What you know what it's yeah what is what it can thing? be compared to, and and how we how we feel about it. Like how do you how do you feel about this game? So it's. Um, it's a dungeon crawler turn-based kind of um, game where you have a small team uh, where you, of Pokemon. You get to go through these dungeons to go on certain quests, like rescue other Pokemon or collect certain items for people. And then throughout the game, there is an actual storyline where uh, you're going to where certain things happen. I'm not sure how much spoilers we want to give. How many spoilers do we want to give? Uh, All zero. the spoilers oh. in the demo, I think, are acceptable. Yeah. Spoilers in the demo <laughs> are acceptable. Because that's not the game. Like so. Story starts with you wake up as a Pokemon. You don't know how you became a Pokemon, but you weren't originally a Pokemon. Um, that Pokemon is decided through a quiz, basically, that you don't quite know why you're answering the way you answer. That was fun that the game I yeah, saw. Very, very strange was. questions. Yeah. So, it's and I don't know how it deciphers this thing. When I took it this time, I, I was uh, Machop. That's what they made me. <laughs> Machop. Um, nice. Yeah. L- luckily, you can just say no. I think you're wrong, and just pick whatever yeah. you did. That's what I did. For me, because I have played the original game for this, because this is a remake of the original game, I think with some new additions. Uh, I was totally fine with them deciding for me. I've played it through it twice. I think back in the day. Back twice. in the day, okay. twice. And I think my favorite type to go through was usually fire. 
But that's yeah. just because I like fire. Yeah, you pyromaniac. So it was fun having it choose for me, particularly for a demo that it's like, if I really don't want to go through the game with this, if I get it, then I can go with a different Pokemon. I like the idea that the demo is going to build in, builds into the game, which is now available for people to play. Yeah. So it's like a Yeah, so if I end up buying it, I can continue with my Bulbasaur that I did the demo with. I can just, if I buy it, I can just continue on mm-hmm. now and I don't have to okay. start no over. reset no uninstalling the demo you don't you don't have to reset you can reset but you don't have to yeah okay so JRPG kind of with Pokemon it's a Japanese not not game. JRPG um because it it is turn-based but there's not like a menu that you scroll through um oh, okay you you meet another Pokemon and it's kind of like you move a square it'll move a square and then you know it'll intercept you and then you press one of the face buttons to use one of your attacks, uh, just like a regular Pokemon oh, game where right. you have okay. four moves with power points yep. and all of that. You have the same thing where you hit one of the face buttons and it does a different attack. Some of them are ranged, some of them are melee, uh, some of them are buffs, but you've got the face button, so it's not necessarily JRPG turn-based. More... Um, uh, Darkest Dungeon, I guess, um, but not. It, it's it's more action than that, so you can go a lot faster. Okay, uh, but it it has that like world map. You're like running around, then you encounter somebody. Boom, a fight. No, it's it's there's a there's a kind of a small world map that you can you can walk around. That's not turn based. That's just kind of exploratory, but then you'll enter a dungeon and the dungeon is procedurally generated, has a certain number of floors and that is grid based. Okay. And then when you enter like a room, you go into combat with any enemies in that room. Uh, Uh, kind of, if they're aware of you, like when you, so you can sneak around them. They can be asleep. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So they kind of have an AI. And because it's grid based, if you move, then the enemies have a chance to move. And then like, and that can mean, and all the across the whole dungeon. Oh, okay. so you can kite them. You can yeah. run away. Yeah. Okay. Um, if interesting, yeah. And then you have action RPG. Some yeah. Okay. Control over your party members through like the party, like which this is slightly JRPG, where you can give them like, hey, we're not going to encounter. We don't want to fight people. We want to run away from them, or we want to fight everyone, or I want you to find all the items in the in this room. So then your team member and, will either follow right behind you, or they'll go and have their other objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can switch to your other team. That's members. true too. So you okay. don't have to play as a Pokemon you originally brought in. Yeah, you have a whole squad. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a boon because you also have uh, a limited amount of energy. There's an energy bar in every every like five or six steps, and every time you use you know an action, it slowly mm. will drain this energy meter. Uh, you can buff that with with uh, consumable items like berries and such, but it kind of limits you. Okay, I'm going to go into this dungeon. I've taken You're talking about hunger, right? These, these many, these many jobs, and so you have to figure out what can I do without okay. running out of energy, a, a, like a timer of sorts to give you more. Yeah, but you can decisions. swap between your different characters and and keep going to a little bit. So it, it adds more variety uh, and more challenge to it. Yeah, mm. yeah, more choices to have to make. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the day, you you wake up, you check your mailbox, and and there will be uh, a chance to have certain adventures that you can accept or decline in certain areas. You can go to another place and and find uh, you know more 
challenges and you kind of decide, oh, well, these are all in the same dungeon, so I'll try and complete all of these um, today. And then, you know, it's it's very day-to-day. Uh, feels like it's a almost like a clicker where it's it's definitely a, a time a time burning game, which is perfect for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's interesting. I don't think it's, I don't think it's great. I think the art direction is beautiful. It's kind of the watercolor, um, kind of aesthetic and it's really, really cute and soft. This is not breaking any new ground. This is not Mm-mm. something that everyone must play. I mean, play the demo cause there's a demo and if that's what you like, that's, that's fine, but it's not. It's not changing anything. It's not doing anything that hasn't already been trodden. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, particularly because it, it's like I agree that the art is beautiful. I actually was looking at that, and then when I uh, pulled up, let's uh, let's go. Yes, let's go. Uh, let's go, Pikachu. I was realizing that that same kind of watercolor style that they have in this in the Mystery Dungeon game is also what they kind of started to pull into for Let's Go. Um, at least with their yeah, it definitely seems kind of in between. Yeah, and which was really fun to see. It was like, oh, this kind of would have been fun to see this more explored with the mainstream games, but they're not going there with those art that art direction. That said, uh, with Mystery Dungeon, it's yeah, it's it's a remake of the old game. I think they're they're probably they're bringing in a couple of new systems. But uh, knowing what I know about the plot, I know that right after the right where the demo ends is right about where the plot starts get going. So you wouldn't have that makes sense based on based on the end of the demo. Yeah, uh, and so you're getting the demo provides a good sense of what the gameplay will be like and kind of some of the things that are available for you. But it doesn't give you a good like, hey, what is actually going to happen in this world? So if you're looking for, so you won't be able to find like the plot, like the plot won't be the thing that brings you into this game. However, for a Pokemon fan, it's very fun to be like, hey, suddenly I'm a Pokemon. Like, if you ever wanted to be one, this is the game. Oh, we all did when we were oh, eight. Of course. It's or 18, you know. No, like like me and my me and my siblings, we would go to we when we went camping, we went into the like nearby forest or on the campgrounds and we like, I'm Bulbasaur. Vine Whip. And kind of beat each other up. Yeah, exactly. That that kid hit where you're n- not just pulling the punch, but you're almost hitting yourself more when you pull. Away. Yeah, yeah. I think we all did that to, to an extent or another. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. Um, they they give you a good sense of like this being a real world. There's no humans. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's something I, I kind of mm-hmm. neglected to mention. There's no people. It's everything's run by Pokemon. So the you go into town and there's a little town where you can you can train up your skills, you can buy and sell items. There's a place that you can store items so that if you faint, you don't lose items. You know, you have to bank your money uh day to day and figure out how much you want to keep out, how much you want to put in the bank, because you can lose things uh if you fail in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um but you get a good sense of the world, like it's it's very lived in. Uh, it seems like, oh, well, these people have been doing this for, you know, oh, he's been running that shop for 20 years. You know, this guy moved in about two years ago. It really feels like there's a very small, but there is a community there. 
Yeah. Very, very systems, systems heavy game, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, if the demo had given a little bit more plot to what happens, I think that would have been a better pull for new any new players to the game. I'll, I'll agree because not having experienced the original uh, Rescue Team Blue or Rescue Team Red, I, I felt like there's, oh, well, there's kind of a plot, but it's definitely going to take a backseat to, uh, you know, the, the systems mm-hmm. of, of the game. But if you're saying that there is at least somewhat of a plot, I'm probably uh, going to keep it uh, in mind for, for picking up pretty soon. I, I probably won't pick it up because I have played it in the past and it doesn't look like they've improved on it too much. So much that it's like, yes, I must replay this in the same way. And I'm also trying to limit how many games I get, and that's it's just not high enough on my list right now. Is this a full price game? I don't know. Hmm. Because if um, if someone like me who hadn't played it before, and I'm I'm warm to the to the game as a as a play thing, like having played it, I liked it. I didn't love it thought it was okay would you recommend i i pick it up or and it does look like it's 60. or can you not quite give it that kind of um so yeah it's it's full price i don't know it's a 60 dollar yeah, game is it does it feel like a 60 dollar game to, to you having no knowing what you do about the i think it um it might plots? it might be a full a full game with any of the additions from the like the sequels to the game, the original one, like if they've taken any of those systems and brought them in, which I won't know about this part because I didn't, because that would be something that probably is revealed later in the game. Um, and I don't, and one of the things that I never did with the original is really played a lot of the post game. Um, but it could be something that's worth that much. I just don't think it's. But I could see you particularly getting more out of it if it's a game that you ended up playing um, with kids, maybe. Okay, um, and that that does matter to me because you know having you know my kids becoming of of that age and Walker playing uh, Let's Go and it's a it's a little tough. This might be something that he could more sink his teeth into on a on a base level. How old is he again? He's five. I could see this being a good game for him in like one to two years. Like, okay. there's just a little bit like you like the stra- like how much the systems control you in the game. Um, yeah, and Let's Go is still is still a little challenging. You know, you got to figure out how much to to guide them uh, mm-hmm. in you know in space and in decisions. Um, yeah, you know, day one spending all of his money on Pokeballs, and I'm like, you're gonna get a bunch of those, bud. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would probably suggest maybe waiting on this one, in all honesty, unless it's something that you want to play yourself and like it's like a big draw, but waiting a couple years won't hurt you, won't hurt the game. Maybe it'll come out with a second one, who knows? So Okay. Well that's our recommendation is sit on mm-hmm. it. Just just uh wait. You know, if if you play the demo and you love it, because I'm I liked it, but Again, like if it was a thirty dollar game, I might be more willing to go in on it. Yeah, but yeah. man, there's so much else at that price point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that uh, actually, 
in terms of how, like, how you can go about gameplay, that's something we talked about in the past, like what kinds of games you can play during certain times, like travel games versus like at-home games. This is something that you could play because it has that turn-based feel to it. Um, and then the free roam when you're not in dungeons. You could play it like while you're traveling or as a like, hey, maybe I have about 30 minutes here. But you kind of want to make sure, I would suggest making sure you have the time to finish a dungeon up before being able to, before stopping for the night. So make, So it's almost a pickup game. Almost a pickup game, but not quite a pickup game. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's about all I had to say on the game, uh, myself, unless James has any questions or Aaron, if you have any more other thoughts. I don't know on if it. I've got any questions. I, I watched Darren play some of it. Um, yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think? What do you think of the art? Is it, do you think it's good or is it just different? Are you asking me or James? Uh, I guess I'm asking both of you. Uh, I know that you, Aaron, said that you you did like it, and is your style? Do do we like it because it's different, or is it actually well done? It threw me off the first time I went into it. And I was like, "Wait, what is what is this? This?" And I know that people complained with Sword and Shield about the one tree, but the trees in this game, I I got like really thrown off by, it. and I was like, "That is so different than I was expecting coming into this." Not and bad, just different. It was very different, and it, it just threw me for a loop at first. So it took me a while to adjust to it because I'm used to the older games where it's more pixelated yeah. or then the newer ones. And then I wasn't thinking it, it does take a farther step past what Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee does with their like little bit of watercolor. I kind of wish they'd probably kept more to that kind of stylization where it's like some watercolor, a little bit of fun fuzz, but like, or like texturing to the models but not quite so watercolor of like these backgrounds and I think one thing is that they're so I don't know if I like 100% like like it but I can appreciate it and it's something that I, would, it's, I kind of have to get used to and I don't know if that means it's good or bad <laughs> I thought it was good reminded me of Child of Light um, it's a really pretty game came out a couple years ago uh, that's all watercolor based, uh, at least in its you know, all of its beautiful backgrounds. It's like a two D platformer, kind of, um, with a weird action system. So it looked good to me, but wow. I'm not a professional in any way, uh, and I didn't look at it long or get to control it. So I don't know how that translates to controls for all the watercolor. Oh, I just thought it looked like Okami in the best kind of way, mm-hmm. but that's yeah, I, I like kind of where my brain went. Aaron is maybe more picky, so you like yeah, you liked it, but it a little jarring and maybe solid could have been six and a half out done, of ten. Like, yeah, or done better. I think if I was like between Sword and Shield, Let's Go, and then this and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, if I was to choose one of the art, um, one of their art directions that I liked the best, it's probably Let's Go. Um, at least for their um, modeling and texturing. I think I do prefer the human models in Sword and Shield for their proportions over the, because the big heads on the characters just like, wait, this also throws me for a loop mm. sometimes. Not that it's bad, it's just I wasn't used to it. <laughs> then you get used to it after five to ten hours of gameplay. Or two. Of course, yeah. So it's like whatever. 
What else have you been playing there, Aaron? Uh, so speaking of uh, games that you can kind of just pick up and go, I've been playing a lot of idle games. And I say that I've only- On your phone, right? On my phone. So two idle games in particular. One is called Tap Tap Heroes, and the other one is called AFK Arena. AFK Arena, I got a lot of ads for for about a year on YouTube. And both of them have the basic same mechanics. You have a game, you have a bunch of, like a team of characters that you're trying to upgrade over and over and over. Like you have hundreds you can pick from. Um, and then you just kind of leave it and they will generate you gold and experience, like as a user user level experience kind of thing. And then one, find a bunch of items over the course. Top Top Heroes ends up maxing out at eight hours and AFK Arena maxes out at 12 hours. So if you just leave your phone, like I can go to work and I come back, it's like, oh, hey, I have experience. I have money to spend. So it's it's that kind of like energy bar stuff, except for without the energy bar. It just, you actually literally have money in the game to work with. Or, of course, you can buy for more money and pay money out. It's... Oh, okay, my question, what's what's the game part? The yeah, game what do you part? do? What do you, and when you sit down to open that, it up and actually the <laughs> then play with all the money they generated you with. Uh, is this one of the games that you, is like um, Candy Crush, where you, you do a little match three? Or is this just set it up and let it go? Mostly set it up, let it go. Um, however, there is, there is some fun. There is some PvP, technically, where you can have your team huh. set up versus other people's t- team set up. So like, Do you do anything, though? Like, it, does combat have any nope. choices you're making? Nope. It's Where are the choices that you're making the choices to make it a are, video game? The choices are in what characters you choose to use. Okay. And how you decide to use your resources to upgrade them. Okay. But other than that, the oh. battling is like auto chess. Yeah. yeah. It is auto chess. It's it just goes. Uh, do you do you see anything happen, or does it just, or is it completely in the background, and it just tells you, hey, you won a thing, uh, you lost a you, thing. You you get a, you can see it happening uh, as you go for the specific battles you're doing, and then um, okay. you actually have to. I had to wait until I was my user was at a level seventy before I could have the choice to skip battles and skip that time if I wanted to. Oh, I see. So you're okay. This this is making more sense. So there is a there is a gameplay. Mm-hmm. You're you're lining up your shot, and then you take your shot, and then you see where it goes, and you follow the the arc and velocity of the bullet to its target, and you you kind of see okay if I set this up right. This should happen. Yeah. If you take the right heroes to the fight and you start to learn like enemies, so then you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, which all the enemies are still are all the same heroes that you have. Oh. So huh. like they have a hundred or so characters okay. to choose from. Like it's split between so six factions that some of them are better than some of them uh work better against others. Like there's a good rotation, kind of like rock, paper, scissors kind of rotation thing. And then there's also, and then in one of them, there actually is like a miniature story going on with how you progress through it. And that that part was really fun. And that that one's art style, which is AF, the AFK Arena, that one's art style is actually really pretty. And uh, what's the game that you mentioned earlier, James? The watercolor one? Child of Light. I would say this one also has a Child of Light kind of uh, look to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen some of it. And then the Tap Tap Heroes has a very mobile game type of look. Yeah. And the art is, like, surprisingly good for both of them. It's just, like, like it was like, these are really pretty games. They probably generate a lot of money. Yeah. 
particularly when people get frustrated with their progress and aren't and don't use them as just like kind of they're wanting to be able to put more time in, but they've run out of resources. So what do they do? They have to spend actual money to be able to get the resources they want unless they wait for it. Yeah. Ah, so it's free for the game to play itself, but it costs money for you to play the <laughs> oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And well, I mean, it makes sense. That's that's kind of fair. You gotta pay money to play a game and you can you can sit there and watch the game play slowly and you go, I could do better if I had yeah if I had a turn and, and if you pay, you can kind of get more of a say in it. That's it's actually more interesting when uh when you actually explain it. I it's it seems like something I should at least dip into and, and see what it's like. There there's at least like half of a day half a day of real time uh like gameplay you can get through before you really need to stop. Like for both of course, it's onboarding process. Like, gives you quite a bit to do. Yeah, and like 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 a clicker Mm -hmm. where you know you start by doing a lot of things, and then oh, we'll come back in twenty minutes. Oh, come back in three hours. Come back tomorrow. Come back next week. Yeah, except for um, what it'll do is it tells me, hey, you need to like you are you're the one who has to figure out like, hey, I actually need like a thousand more gold. Well, I know I generate five gold per ten seconds. I can do the math if I really want to, or I just wait for that goal to generate on its own. Um, because maybe I don't have any other activities that will help me generate gold. But I picked this up on one of my sick days where I was like just sitting in bed and just like bored and moaning, just like, ugh. And it was like, so it was like, what can I do? And then it was like, maybe this would be fun. And I could do it. And it was just, and I didn't have to do anything but just lay in bed and do it. Nice. It's definitely a, a pickup game by almost by definition. Mm-hmm. It's a pickup game. It's a time waster. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the ones I've been playing. The other game that I've, that uh, both of us picked up over here is Final mm-hmm. Fantasy fourteen. The MMO. Mm-hmm. Is that the most recent? I have. I don't know. No, the fifteen. Fifteen is, that, is right? a single player game though. So this mm-hmm. is this came out kind of in between. Like it's all like it's its own thing. It's eight years. Yeah, it's like ten years old. Ten years old. I it's was it two thousand eleven? But then they it was such a poor launch that they like pulled it back, redid the game, and then relaunched. Um, so it's been a bit of a rocky development for this bad boy. Yeah, but, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's an MMORPG. This one it's is, an yes. MMO. I mean, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot like World of Warcraft. If you want an example of something similar. Um. Yeah, we've been playing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the last, like, most of what I know about Final Fantasy is, like, Final Fantasy VII and, you know, J- all JRPG, but this is a MMO JRPG, or is this MMO not an RPG? RPG. Is, this, is this, like, a full action, full speed action game? Uh, it is a mix, so... Because you said World of I mean, Warcraft, which like is... That. yeah. Uh, World of Warcraft, you get a single character that you're controlling, and it is in real time, but technically all of the moves are time-based. So in World of Warcraft, it's like a turn-based combat system. Based on how long your your things take, where it's not exactly one-to-one. Yeah, it's, you know, so that's... This action takes 0.7 seconds, exactly. and then it's mm-hmm. 2.1 cooldown. It's a loosey-goosey turn-based where it's not really turn-based, but it is... 
just because every single ability is a cooldown based move. So you're essentially just waiting, do a move, wait a few, do a move, wait a few. Um, the character now can you do the thing where you got multiple hotkeys and you go one, oh, two, yeah. three, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. two. It's, a, it's all like that. My character I'm currently playing um, is very point and clicky. So I like select a target and then I don't care where I'm standing or what I'm doing. I'm just hitting buttons and then they auto target. Um, but Aaron has a character and some of the other characters are actually a little more like an A RPG, like an action RPG, like Diablo, where you have skill shots, like your moves actually come out at a specific angle and you need to line stuff up. And mm -hmm. the enemy's attacks come out at a specific angle, angle so you need to be jumping around. Um, that gets a little more involved and is a little more modern as far as combat is concerned. Um, but the character I'm playing feels just like vanilla World of Warcraft, where I click on the enemy and then sit in a spot and just start pressing my buttons in a specific chain for my combos. So it's fun. Uh, it's not. Uh, I've only other the only other MMO I've played is World of Warcraft and the nope. vanilla. And Blade of uh, Soul. You're right. You're we right. played we Blade of Soul too. Okay, I played two, and both of them because of the vanilla World of Warcraft were very grindy. Mm -hmm. And so this one has been a pleasant surprise that it is still at times just kind of trying to waste your time or pad out content, um, but it is far more focused on just kind of getting you through the content. So you level up, I feel like, a lot faster. Quests are easier. They're not as boring. It's still like go kill something, but typically it's not go kill 20 of these creatures for this specific drop that they have. And you need 20 of those drops, but it's actually the creature's drop rate is like a 50-50. So you go kill 20 thinking you're, you'll get 20, I don't know, hide from some sort of like wild boar. And instead, I'm having flash. Yeah, right. And instead you get 10. <laughs> so now you actually have to like hunt 40 of these stupid things. So that's World of Warcraft like in a nutshell. Every quest is like, I need five tails. Go hunt zebra till you get five zebra tails. And so you hunt like 20 zebra because you're just having bad luck and none of them are dropping zebra tails. Uh, in this one, it's like, hey, I lost something. Go talk to this other person about it. You go talk to that person. They're like, oh yeah, go talk to this person. This is like this little story that's unfolding. And then when you talk to like the third person, there is no, oh yeah, go now go hunt a bunch of stuff. They're like, oh, you found me and you found the thing you need to go take back to the first person. And so you just get a ton of XP just kind of walking around and talking to people. Um, the fighting that you do have to do is like, hey, you need to kill five of this creature. It's never a dropped item. Or if it is, it's a guaranteed drop. So it's always an exact amount. Quality of life stuff um, makes it a lot less grindy. And the XP has felt fairly um, generous on just, um, you, you blow through levels pretty quickly. And then the main story gives you a ton of XP as well. And it's actually a story. There's like cutscenes, there's stuff going on. Mm -hmm. The world is a little more fleshed out than I would say either Blade and Soul. Blade and Soul had a really cool kind of world, but the story didn't flesh any of it out during mm -hmm. the like 30 hours we tried playing that game or 40. We got pretty deep into it and I was still like totally unhooked. Nothing had grabbed me story-wise. And World of Warcraft is the blandest. The only fun is that they've got two factions that are kind of fighting each other. It's mm -hmm. an entirely sandbox story. All the story is like way late when you start doing like end game stuff. But in the middle of the game, no one 
no one's reading the the journals in World of Warcraft, at least in vanilla. I don't know. What about you, Aaron? I think to add to that, um, while I didn't play World of Warcraft, I played Lame Soul, and I uh, and then talking to James and talking to some other people about how World uh, how WoW works, I'm realizing the fact that uh, Final Fantasy XIV allows us to be able to change classes. Like it's called jobs in this in this world, but you can change. Your, it's the job yeah, system. You can change yeah. jobs at any given point. You still have to level up that job to be able to do certain things. But I, if I don't yes, want, if I want to be best. the healer next, like right now, I have two different jobs that I'm leveling up at the same time. I have an archer and then a rogue, and I can I can go for either because they're relatively the same level. But I also have an lance, so I can be like the in the face fighter if I need to as yeah, well. Tank, kind of off tank. Yeah, that's actually probably the biggest thing that makes it fresh and actually helps avoid grindy, kind of those feelings of grindiness set in occasionally. All of the classes and all of the jobs, which are all jobs, they consider like everything a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do like gathering professions, you can do uh, crafting professions, you can do, again, all of the actual like character classes. A healer, tank, mage, whatever you want to be. But you can do all of it on one character account, which is huge. That's like World of Warcraft. I'm like, okay, I want to be a healer. And then you play 40 hours and you go, ah, this healing is kind of boring. I don't want to do healing. You got to make a new character. You, you have to start over. entirely over. And this one, you're like, okay, that was fun. And Aaron's dabbled in a couple of them. You're like, okay, okay, this is a cool character. Let me go try this one. And the bigger the disparity between your level, whatever your top level class is, and whatever class you are currently like leveling up and putting XP into, the bigger the disparity, the bigger the XP buff you get. So if you can get to the max level with one guy or one class, and then you switch, the game like is helping you and in increasing the percent at which you'll level up by a lot for other classes to encourage you to like try them all out and get all of them like further up into the mm-hmm. higher levels so that you can play around with so the So you don't team. go, oh, well, I've got 60 hours into this character. I don't want to start over. They go, okay, well, you'll get to, you know, the same level in 20. half yeah, the time even less or two-thirds yeah. of the time. Yeah. Yeah, way, yeah, the percent has been super generous. Um, yeah, so it's, it's very encouraging on just going, hey, like, again, you pay monthly for the content, so it's kind of nice at a modern MMO it's like, hey, if you're paying for this stuff, like we're going to let you do all of it on your accounts. So you're not wasting piles of time trying to access like snippets. Whereas in World of Warcraft Vanilla, it was just, they made all this content and you paid monthly, but you really only ever accessed this little like slice of it, um, at least for what you could play. That's where, again, they encouraged people finding other people to play with. And there's something to be said about the like, camaraderie that happens when I am a healer and I'm always a healer and I am the you know the guild's top healer or something like you actually have like an identity that can kind of form um but oh my goodness the amount of time saved from having this like swapping around Mm -hmm. feels good it's uh it's been fun to play and it's fun with Aaron because it's also not the most intensive game in the world MMOs are usually a little more mindless um so we can just kind of hang out while we're playing Mm-hmm. that's good that sounds like sounds like you guys are having, having a lot of fun with that yeah and that's Final Fantasy 14 14, 14. yes they just came 14. out with a, an expansion last summer I think which revitalized the community a little bit or at least like it was a really good 
expansion um, with a bunch of good story that the communities liked. So right now it's popping or hopping. There's a ton of people everywhere in the world. Like it's a pretty busy. Yeah. I was worried How does because it it's look? so old. Eh, it's in the middle. It's not, uh, what's the other one that's pretty popular? Black Desert Online. I think that one looks better. Um, it's art style. It's not cartoony. It's not kind of the World of Warcraft. It's Final Fantasy. It's It looks yeah. like what you, um, have you seen, if you've seen any of the trailers for the Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming out? The, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, well, they look that way. It does not look as good as that game. Well, yes, that's true because it is a more recent thing. Yeah. But I'm, but, but uh, the Final Fantasy genre, at least with how they, have, they all look the same. Uh, the more recent games all have a very similar look to them in terms of like, yeah. Um, so it doesn't look the same exciting. aesthetic as as fifteen, but not as as clean. Same aesthetic. It's just. Older made an eleven for yeah. an online, yeah. You know, so they have to kind of tone down textures and shading to, you know, not overtax systems. Yes, yes. That's okay. I haven't been blown away by anything. Uh, art direction is the good part, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Cities are still kind of fun to walk through. Um, they feel great. It satisfies that. Again, if you're trying to dive into a game that looks really pretty, I would totally shy away from MMOs. Um, there's nothing terribly groundbreaking that the game is doing in any regard. But man, is it fun to just run around. But it's just solid, solid game. If you like yeah. the Final Fantasy world and you want an MMO that kind of doesn't make you grind too much, yeah. definitely <laughs> too sounds much, like yeah. one to check out. Yeah, it's it's good escapism. If you're, you know, for Aaron and I, was like, we need a game we can kind of hang out and play, but at the same time hang out. Um, if it's too competitive, if it's too intensive, like we're just playing the game and barely hanging out. So it's a good balance in between mm-hmm. that and like talking. You know, that's probably a good, uh, subject for the future is, um, you know, games that you can play with others. Yeah. Yes. Like, Cause there's a lot of multiplayer games. You kind of get too into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to really communicate and be present. You know, it's the idea of, hey, we're all going to hang out. What do you want to do? Oh, we'll go to a movie. Yes, you know? that's well, ex- a lot of games are that exact kind of thing where you go hang out and then you actually all are quiet and mm-hmm. focus yeah. on the game. And this show's, this show's kind of go-to is like Overcooked. Like Overcooked is is you're very involved with the people around you. It matters that they're not bots. It matters that they're people you know next to you and the shared experiences. For me, um, you know, not to not to, to go too off topic, but it would be speedrunners or or something like that, where having the person next to you, you know, you laugh like crazy for two minutes, then push them off the couch. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That that's good. Um so what else have you guys been playing? Um, is that all for you, Aaron, or you still still got more? She's thinking. I'm thinking, thinking. I, I revisited Sun and Pokemon Sun and Moon, but that was really like... Just briefly to get your Pokemon out of there. Uh, no, I'm still playing that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it okay. was when I was I did pick up all of the old games to find which ones were like, okay, do I have any Pokemon here? Pokemon here. Going back to the yeah, Pokemon Bank yeah. thing. 
pulled them into Pokemon Bank, then pulled them into Pokemon Home. Now I can look at these random Pokemon I all have. I guess like, I don't have to lose them. Yay. But um, I think that's about it for me. Uh, Trying to think. Uh, Yeah. Like, well, since we were kind of that, kind of makes a nice segue with Final Fantasy to go to what else James has been playing other yeah, than other than the Final MMO. Fantasy Four. Uh, okay, couple things. Apex, as always. Um, season four is what they're in right now. Um, there were some map changes. It's Battle Royale, drop out of the sky. Uh, it's got a combat loop that's similar to Halo. Time to kill is kind of high, so. Typically, you're not killing somebody with just like four or five bullets. Um, it's not Call of Duty. So the strategy is just, it's really fun. And it's a lot of fun to play with a couple friends. Um, it totally takes me back to like old Halo days where you might crack their overshield. So it's essentially like an overshield system of sorts, um, though it doesn't recharge in the same way. Um, but you're yelling. You're like, oh, I cracked him. I, like his shields are down. Like get in like but they retreated to a building get in there before they can like recharge shields manually or something so it's a bunch of yelling camaraderie um it's a great way to hang out with a couple friends online so that they just keep pulling but there's back, no you know? there's no respawn it's it's a long time to kill but there's no respawn yes well so it's a squad based game three per squad guaranteed there's no way to occasionally there might be duos but typically it's always a three man no single player no two man um, if you die, your teammate can come over and pick up uh, essentially like a beacon, or it's called a banner, and they pick your banner up, and they have to take it to a respawn beacon, and then you can actually drop back in to the game. So if you're if all three of you on the squad get killed, you're out, out. But if at least one of you lives, they can go pick up your respawn banners and then take them over to the beacon and, and bring you back in. So it has a tiny respawn mechanic. Um, well, with the with the developer, you would have to think there's some type there's of respawn. Yeah. Uh, when you respawn, do you still have all your items? Or no, do you none. Lose all You're all? completely naked again. Oof. Yes, it's rough. So essentially, the idea is to probably get back over to your dead body and, and pick them up if they haven't been looted already. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, though, you just got to start looting again. Uh, What's the time time for a round? Uh, okay, well, if you, so if you hot drop, well, well, for a winner, <laughs> for a winner, for, for me, it's thirty five. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, if you hot drop, it's a thirty second game, which is fun sometimes, just to jump in and hope you pick the gun up before the guy that jumped in right next to you also is like looking at the same gun. So you're both trying to frantically mash the button to pick it up. Um, feels good when you get it. Probably about twenty minutes, I'd say twenty. 25 for the long game, like if you actually get to the last circle, because it's got that ring that's always closing in Battle Royale games, like you need it to mm-hmm. shrink, otherwise the game will never end. Um, I, yeah, about 20, I'd say the average game is about 20, 25 minutes. So it is a little longer, a little more involved uh, to get to that end game. But it also, I would say that longer games have a bit more of like kind of a beginning, middle, and an end to them. And so if you can actually make it to the end and, and become the winner, it's typically a really fun kind of, oh, we dropped, we had an initial fight, we won that, we got into a fight somewhere in the middle of the game as we were kind of traveling to wherever the circle finally closes on. And then it's like, oh, and then we set ourselves up and had this big last fight with that one other squad that made it to that last kind of end circle. 
and everyone's got all their equipment. Everyone's been looting. Um, so you get this big final fight, typically, or you get shot in the back and, and you're dead. Um, but it ends really so well. So why by. why do you play this one? What, yeah, like, okay. If I'm looking at if I'm looking at PUBG, I'm looking at Apex, I'm looking at the new Call of Duty, I'm looking at all of these because there's dozens of there's them now. There's a bunch. Why why would I play this one? What is the draw? Uh, okay. On yeah. this, what makes it special? The long and short of it is the movement system is the best in any video game I've ever played um, for first person shooter. The movement system is amazing. For locomotion player control, is it, does it allow you to like slide yeah. or can and I'll, you jump? I'll get really more high? into why specifically, but I'd say that it beats every other shooter on the market right now with its movement. And then I personally like this one over other games because of its time to kill and the fact that it is a higher time to kill. So it reminds me of Halo, where fights weren't as much about me aiming at your face for three seconds or just being faster to pull the trigger in like Call of Duty where it's just like first person to see the other one wins. Um, it was way more strategic maybe or tactical. You need to throw a grenade out. You need them to like actually jump maybe the other direction into your grenade or you know some of the like more mathy bits that can happen that occur over like a 10 second fight that don't happen in like a two second fight. Um, so I like that. And that's paired with the movement. You've suddenly got this really fun positioning puzzle that occurs during fights. Um, so I think that's the biggest hook. It's also sci-fi. That helps a lot. Um, so I like the theming. The guns are fairly real world E, except for the energy weapons. Um, but it all feels sci-fi. Very much feels like a kind of a halo palette of equipment. Um, it's not third person, and there's no base building. So Fortnite, out. Don't want that building stuff in my game. I want to just shoot people. There's Minecraft and then there's yeah. shooters. Which, so, <laughs> you know, I'll talk about the other game I've been playing this last couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I will bring up, I have played the new Call of Duty um, Warf, Warzone. I think it's, yeah, Call of Duty Warzone is a new battle royale that dropped like two or three days ago. And so a friend and I have been checking that one out. And now I'm I'm spoiled. Uh, I can't just like climb everything. I can't jump over everything. And time to kill, while better than a standard Call of Duty game, is still like way too short. There's too many times where you get shot in the back and you don't have enough time to do anything about it. Which one, positioning is important, so you just don't put yourself in spots where you're getting shot in the back. Um, but the map is very much movement-based. You need to move through the map to get to that last spot. So the chances of you getting shot in the back are decently high. Um, there's a respawn mechanic in that one as well, where you go like into this 1v1. If you die, you get sent to prison. Essentially, they have this cinematic where like you go to prison. And then you have to fight somebody 1v1 with a random gun. And if you win, you get to respawn back into the map. They like say, yep, you're released from prison. The person who died... They're gone, booted back to the main menu. Now they have to restart and play a new round. Um, huh, that's interesting. Kind of give you half the people one yeah. more shot. Yeah, exactly. Half the people get one more shot. Um, I still, though, it just doesn't quite do it for me. I think someone who likes the Call of Duty formula of gunplay and it's like shooting, it's specific feedback that you get when you're firing the guns in that game. And it's 
lower time to kill, people that like that. Um, and the ability to actually like camp and snipe and like take people out in a single shot. We'll probably get a lot of mileage out of this, especially at the price point, which is free. Um, but again, that time to kill is too low for me to really, or too high. I know too low, um, to really, really like it. Cause I enjoy those longer fights. I like a drawn out fight and then the movement system. So in apex, that big thing that it's got is it has a momentum system, uh, underneath your character. So at all times your character has like an actual like number of how fast they're moving. And so if you go into a sprint, your momentum picks up. And with a higher momentum, if you press the crouch button, you'll actually go into a slide. And that slide, depending on the hill, depending on what your momentum was going into the slide, like determines how long the slide is. You can jump off of stuff. If your momentum is high enough, you can actually kind of get like a little bunny hop going and you can jump off of things. And almost every, not almost, like every surface in the game is climbable. And you have, you just have a set height that you can climb. So you have to figure out how to get like up on buildings and stuff um, by finding like the, the air conditioning unit that gives you the extra like two feet to jump from so that you can like get far enough up the wall to crawl to the top. So neither of these games are like PUBG where it's a big field with a half a dozen no, buildings. No, no. Uh, these these are both much highly better. urban. Yes. Um, Modern Warfare's got quite a bit of open space. It encourages more of the like the sniping from a distance. I think it's probably mm -hmm. far closer to that kind of PUBG feel. But what they've done is... But Apex is more vertical than that. Yes. Yeah, no, it depends on which map. They've got two big maps. Um, Call of Duty actually populated their gigantic map with a bunch of old maps from old games. So you can walk through parts of that area and go, oh, I remember this. Um, oh, like Mile High Club, I think, the name of the old airport level. Um, from what was it? Like Modern Warfare 1? Um, there's like chunks of that in a certain, there's like an airport. And so there's like a couple airplanes and like destroyed stuff. It's like an old destroyed area though. A lot of stuff is like run down, um, to fit, I nice. think with their lore. So it is cool. Like the, the map layout is awesome in that. Um, and then apex is hit or miss depending on who you are. And if you're playing what you want out of your, your maps, um, but the idea is it's like this uh, company started drilling into this planet. So it's sci-fi. So you're on a different planet. And then like drilled too deep and cracked the earth open. So there's like, there's a bit of mountains separating areas. But like there's these huge jagged sections of the map that are like broken open and lava is underneath if you fall in. And then there's a city and a couple other gigantic buildings. So it feels to me more vertical. Um, and the fact that you can climb stuff also makes it more vertical. Who cares if there's a bunch of buildings? If I can't easily get to the top of them, that verticality, the feeling of it goes a lot, it goes down. Um, and so I love that in Apex where you can, you see some people fighting and you can just like go climb a building somewhere nearby to get the high ground and then prep up for a fight. So there's a little more planning that I tend to have in Apex. Um, so it keeps me coming back. Uh, Modern Warfare probably won't stick around for me. It's free, so it's worth trying if you like Call of Duty. Um, but I don't know if it's got the legs uh, for me to 
stick with it. Then the other thing I've been playing is Minecraft a little bit. The uh, There's a new update coming, the Nether update. And our office has a Minecraft server, and they've been talking about that update. And they're on the server going to reset the Nether, which is that like other dimension in Minecraft you'll travel to. They're going to reset that one when this update comes out so that we'll have all of that stuff on our server, which means right now I need to farm our current Nether like as much as I can and get all of the easy free resources. That way, mm-hmm. when the Nether resets, I'm not like absolutely decimating the landscape <laughs> around our kind of office's base of operations that we'll definitely be putting in the Nether. So I'm trying to ruin the landscape now, knowing it'll get reset. And that's been that's been eating a little bit of time. And that's everything. Man, play like three games right now. I have I have two questions. Uh, first of all, where would you put the movement of Apex uh, compared to the two best movement games oh, yeah, I, I can forgot. think of? Apex isn't the best. Spider Man Two <laughs> and um, uh, Titanfall. I'm sorry, two. That, yeah, I forgot. Respawn made Titanfall Two. Titanfall Two has the best movement system in any game. That's that's yeah, it's it's wonderful. I was so like, how much of that DNA oh, were they able to? So integrate? I played Apex, and then Titanfall Two became free on um, PlayStation for a month. So I picked that up and played through the campaign, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is Apex. Um, it's bonkers. it's really the wall running is what you don't get, and the wall running and the double jump are pretty big, at least in the single player campaign i didn't play any of the multiplayer. so you don't you don't get either of those in no Apex? so it's a tier below oh, like your man. your your amount of motion in titanfall 2 is insane and you can get just a lot of cool chained combos of the different bits of movement types that you have and apex by removing I'll, like two of those i'll tell you online the wall jump the, the wall run and the double jump is the lifeblood yeah yeah oh, it's just of, uh, it, it's as important as shooting yes. and reloading in apex uh, it's dialed down. Like, it's just not Titanfall 2. Um, but for any game that's trying to reduce player movement to a more standard level, like, it's it's very close to Titanfall 2's motion. Um, it's closer than any other Battle Royale. Any, yeah, and that's where, like, its comparison is Titanfall 2 because that's it's essentially the same engine. Um, I think it's the same engine, same company. They pretty much pulled a bunch of Titanfall 2 stuff out and made a battle royale out of it. Um, so if you like Titanfall 2, like I think you're going to like Apex. And if you want a shooter that has a little more at play, motion-wise, and just like how fast the game can... Somehow it plays really fast, and you feel fast. You feel like you're moving around. But actually killing someone is kind of slow. Um just makes fights longer, but it doesn't feel the longer like I'm sitting there and I'm popping over cover. The longer in this like really fun way where I'm trying to retreat. I'm trying to like get over a building and, and hide somewhere if I'm dying. Or I'm trying to push somebody because I've cracked their shields. They're they're low. They're trying to heal. Um the fluidity of things is it's a lot of fun. But man, do they charge an arm and a well, leg for any of their cosmetics. Oof. <laughs> Free well, to play, you but. you hit all the buzzwords for me, so I'm I'm gonna have to check. Yeah, try. Right. I mean, it's. I would say this. I hate 
You said plays play moves kind of like Titanfall. Yeah. The combat is kind of like Halo Three. I mean, I I'm I'm on board. I I have about five hours on PUBG, and that's about it for Battle Royale. It's just never clicked for me. It's um, got one flaw, but this sounds like something I can get with into. a three man squad. When you play alone, you're dropping with random people, and I've had just the worst luck when I play alone. So I don't play the game alone at all. I would highly recommend trying to get somebody else to play with you, at least one other person. Um, Otherwise, you're going to have to give it quite a few games before you'll be able to give any sort of opinion on it. Otherwise, it'll it'll probably be a lot of bad games at first. While you're trying to figure it out. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. See what I can see what I can pull off. Because unlike other games where you might drop alone and everyone's alone, um, in this one, if you drop with some bad squad mates who dip out as soon as the game starts, like they land and then like disconnect, which happens all the time. Now you're alone, but everyone you're fighting is in like three-man squads. So you're outnumbered mm-hmm. in every fight. And if you don't know where to go or what's going on, you're going you're gonna to probably have a bad time. So fair warning. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I would recommend people play it if they want a free game that's a good shooter. Yeah, I get gotta, excited. And then I'm I sorry. Yeah, you got to make sure, down. though, it's you can get some friends. Um, unless you're used to the kind of the single player online experience where you just play with randoms all the time. Well, I'm used to losing a oh. lot when I play oh, online. There you go. Okay. So that, then that's then fine. Then you might be fine. Give it a few rounds. Always though. a negative kill death. I didn't like it when I first started playing. And again, when I was playing alone, I hated it. So I stopped playing. And it took like my friends convincing me to get back into it because they kept playing it. Like, fine, I'll, I'll join in. And then I, then it clicked. Then I, I got hooked. I was like, okay, here's the strategy part of the shooter. It's not just a bunch of getting shot in the back. Thank goodness. But that's it. That's all I've been Anything playing. Anything else, or does Aaron Aaron have any questions on any of that? Probably not. She hears me playing these all the time. But <laughs> yeah, any question? What do you <laughs> What do you observe from me uh, playing battle royales? With my headset on and my friends, Are there any like buzzwords that are just like constantly? Oh no, being I'm dying! Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that's not, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> guys, that's guys. I'm accurate. over here. Please res me. Please yeah, res me. Yeah, please res me. <laughs> please. Res. Um, we actually won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the goal is if we're gonna play for like an evening session, you gotta win one game. That's the goal. Does we won happen? two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are. I. Those are accurate. Those are very accurate. What about you, uh, Randy? What are you playing over there? Well, uh, I mean, I played through a little more Batman, a little more Outer Wilds. Uh, not much to report mm-hmm. on those. They're they're good. Um, there's been uh, more complete modeling on uh batman now so that's good <laughs> um not missing chunks and walls that's good that's um very good. outer wilds is i think i've really kind of got the hang of it and the flying mechanics are really fun they're impossible when you first start you go this is bonkers i can never do this and then you get learning the controls and kind of how to cheat the system a little yeah. bit with velocity matching and you go oh this is this is wonderful. And you start because everything is out of sequence because you just start on a planet and then they just tell you go. Yeah. 
it takes you a few hours to really get a sense of anything. But then when you start making connections, Ooh, yeah, I guess I have something to say about this. I want to play when you start it. making connections. Play it, please do. It's <laughs> so don't spoil anything. Talk about it, but don't don't spoil. It. Yeah, I'll I'll speak in generalities, which Thanks. will be super interesting for the listeners. Yeah, right. So you do yeah. some stuff, and then Sorry, some things guys. happen, and you love hey, it. Girls. But no, I I don't have any spoilers because I don't really understand what's happening yet. <laughs> like I found a couple of kind of broken things huh. and learned why they were broken and kind of what happened. But there's a lot. When you think you're going to get a lot of information, you get a lot of incomplete mm. information. And I think there's a lot of unreliable narrator stuff oh. going on. And it's because you're, you know, you're reading the equivalent to, uh, you know, diary pickups. Um, and you, you kind of decipher glyphs and you learn uh, conversations and you think you know something and then you realize you know less than you did before in a good way you're like oh there's so much still to learn but i'm i'm making progress now and is it kind of spooky the world is is very interesting i land on a new planet and i go what is happening okay and every time i die i wonder why <laughs> okay that's exactly what i try to avoid in my battle royales <laughs> i want to know why i yes. died i don't want to be shot in the back sounds like uh yeah. Okay, is it spooky? Because if it's spooky, then I'm all right just randomly dying. Or like eerie? Oh, you no. Know, like uh, one one time I didn't die, but something happened on what I think is a late game planet. Um, and happened. it, it oh, scared no. the living daylights out of me. I was oh. like, no, 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 no. Okay. No. You know, that, See, just that That's... like... Like I'm in a horror game yep. all of a sudden. Okay, and, I'm in. And then... <laughs> A minute later, I was out and I'm back in the vacuum of space and just, it's silent. Oh, gosh. And everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. Nothing's after. Yeah, I like I'm just, that. I'm I like fine. that mood setting. It's. Okay. I don't want like a scary yeah, game. Yeah, the, the mood. So, little bits. So James will play it and you guys can talk about it. I will go ahead and just pick up Ori and play the second game. It's like, that's That game yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll yeah. be our next games that we okay. finish off. <laughs> That that said though, Aaron, it's super funny. It's it's hugely comical. Everything is a farce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I I've laughed out loud like not lol. Actually, truly, my lungs have expelled oxygen, making a noise that sounds like a laugh <laughs> at okay. things that yeah. have happened in this game and dialogue. I'm like, oh, this is this is fun. It's just very lighthearted and fun. But that's what I like is it can kind of run the gambit mm-hmm. naturally. So definitely pick yeah. it up. Um, play Eventually. for, and that's kind of a pickup game because you can play for, you do have to finish the life to make sure it saves because I'm not sure how the saving is. Okay. But that's that's pretty good. It is pick up and play a life or okay. two and then put it down. Mm-hmm. Maybe take notes if you really want to finish it quick, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've been playing older games. I got my PS2 hooked up, mm. um, and I've been playing uh, a variety of things. Uh, I like I like racing games, of course, um, which is unusual for a video game podcast. So yeah. I've been playing like Need for Speed Underground, the first one. Um, uh, which and, one was uh, that? Ne- what was the th- the story in that one? Is that the one with the blacklist? Uh, no, that was 
two games later, okay. three games That's later. That's the one I played. This is, yeah, this one's, uh, it's got Snoop Dogg in this one. <laughs> oh, how'd I miss this that? Is, this is the original. It's not a free roam. Uh-huh. It's the, the game before free roam. So this has kind of a, a, a story about moving up and, you know, getting uh, popular, getting on magazine covers and stuff, but it's race to race. There's no... There's no free room oh, uh, available. Just bits of story stringing uh, along the races. It's just absolutely fast and furious. The game, nice. Um, like the fastest, some of the fastest cars that they offer are like a, uh, like a a Hyundai V6. You know, uh, they don't like uh, they don't have Mustangs. They don't have Ferraris. They have yeah. Kind of more normal stuff like, you actually hey, here's would a GTI soup up and yeah illegally race on the street. Yeah, it was a lot lot more like that. And you know, you can't get your NOS back uh in a lot of the newer games. Yeah. You you build boost by doing drifts yeah, they're practically and going fast, but like hero shooters, but <laughs> like hero cars with abilities and mm-hmm. yeah, you have cooldowns yeah, and, and stuff. In this one, it's just well, you bought the first level, so you have this much nitrous for the whole race. That's all you get. Mm. And then you get to decide, well, I want it to be three big three big mm-hmm. hits or like five little ones. And, you know, based on your your the way that you drive, which I think adds a lot more uh, strategy to a, a racing game. And there's, you know, yeah. there's more to these than people give them credit for. Um, but I'll, I'll be moving up to to the newer ones as I finish this, but a little more accessible would be Tony Hawk's pro skater four. Ooh. Uh, I played that one, which I've played, which I just, uh, I'm dropping into. And it's kind of the, kind of the beginning of, uh, the underground sort of feel to the game, um, mm-hmm. produced by Neversoft entertainment yep. and, um, powered by game spy. If you want to, have a blast from the past um but still super fun when if you remember the game you can just pick it up and within five minutes you're flowing like you used to it's it's a good pickup nostalgia game but I, there was one other game uh, those aren't super interesting but this one um i had to pick up for for nostalgia and because i know someone on this podcast uh played a lot of these kinds of games in the day, I picked up uh, 2001 Star Wars Starfighter mm. for the PS2. Yeah, you sent me some Lucas screenshots Arts. of this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's it's weirdly shiny. Like, there's no textures to anything. Yeah, it's just like flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. Yeah, everything's very poly. Flat. Like, <clears throat> so it's a it's a 3D uh, dogfighting game. Um, but it's before they had the controls really figured out. <laughs> um, problem is Ace Combat of, you know, in PS1, Ace Combat had, you know, dual stick flying figured out. This game does not, which is acceptable in space. But when you land on a planet and it's not proper dual stick controls for flying, it's... It's a little little bad. I also started without the L2 and R2 functioning because old controllers. And turns out that's how you 
go faster and slower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what so do you I, do? Just fly at one speed the whole time? Yeah, I just flew around at one speed <laughs> okay. and it did not work. Oh yeah. So like I'm like, I'll get to this objective eventually. And I kept pressing buttons trying to get something to work, and then I didn't realize the buttons weren't all properly working. It's it's got cutscenes, long uh cutscenes for the time, like three minutes what? long with Ooh. voice acting and it um, is a Star Wars game. And like a plot and story, like every two levels, there's like an actual cutscene. Um, and yeah, watching those kind of low poly, um, smooth, weird polygons moving around is unsettling. The movement is unsettling. Um, considering that this is, you know, Jack and Daxter is acceptable. Ratchet and Clank is acceptable. This is top PS one kind of level to me um it's fun enough i'm gonna finish it yeah i'm already halfway through but there's like uh, 15 levels 14 or 15 levels um and basically you you can swap between the story has three main characters that have you know different types of ships that have different weapons so instead of like an ace combat where choice you 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 know you pick what you want and you pick your loadout. This is like oh well, this level we're gonna put you in the bomber. This one we're gonna oh, put you in the fighter. Okay. Yeah, the, it kind of chooses like oh well, you're gonna be in the the you know the Naboo fighter or you're gonna be in this this other bomber. And there's there's some that you recognize, some that you don't. But it's um you know it's based off of um, episode one. Okay, so you start in a in one of those yellow Naboo fighters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're fighting against the CIS mm-hmm. uh, droid droid battle. And it seems to be just before episode one um, from what I've learned in the story so far. Um, it's, it's an interesting artifact. I wouldn't call it great. Um, but for the time, I think it was perfectly acceptable. Uh, w- would I go back and play it? Yeah, if I was to I mean, have a... I won't. We do have like an old PlayStation. Should I go find it? I wouldn't go find it, <laughs> okay. but if if Maybe you play, uh, go to... TIE Fighter versus... If you go to Goodwill from time to time, Swing. check out the game section. If you see it for three bucks, pick it up and, and play it as, yeah. an, as an artifact. Just know it's not... It's not great, and I'm looking at a lot of games here that I I love, and I can't wait to to play again. But did you that's play uh, X Wing versus Tie Fighter like those old combat games? Nope that was that was uh, before I had a a uh, a system that would that would play that sort of uh, thing. I okay, because that's you know, what I like compare Duke Nukem 3D, and then straight on to my PS One. Okay, okay. <clears throat> never mind then. Those might be. A good option too as an old retro, though it's been a long time since I played them, so it might even be worse. But I think that might be better because the PS2 era is yeah, okay. It's kind of like me, early it's, CGI it's very, or something. It's very <laughs> sketchy because it can be too it can be too new to be as bad as it is. Mm. Yeah, if, if yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah, PS2 had a long lifetime, so there's plenty of space for some garbage games to be made or games that are very dated and you're like, yeah, this isn't that old. 
Why are you looking so yeah, bad? Yeah, but I mean, if you play old like Atari games, you're not bothered by it because all oh, that's that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is it's 3D, and it's almost got the button layout figured out, but not quite. Yeah. It's like pay, playing um, Medal of Honor, where the buttons are just <laughs> they had to be different enough yeah. wrong, and then the staple has been set. Then now they feel weird. Yeah, but. That was something interesting um, that I, I pulled out of the box, and I had never played it when it was current. So it's you know it's a it's a new Star Wars story, and it's it's fine. LucasArts always makes you know fun characters, and the characters have been at least you can differentiate them. So that's that's good. <laughs> that's mostly what I've been up to uh, on the video game front. Uh, other than that, just you know. Mario Kart on the Switch uh, is about the only other thing I was really getting up to. Just yeah. trying to trying to close out all of the three stars on the hundred CCs. Oh boy! Oh, on hundred CCs, and then uh, still on hundred CCs, I got, got like three more stars to pick up. And oof! Big oof! Mm-hmm. Do you play that with family? Or is that just that's you trying to full like full star it? Little little bit of both. I. Uh, my son has a, a save, and so I, I'll play with him sometimes, oh, cool. uh, trying to get stars for him. And you know, he's he's winning a lot on fifty, so I'm moving him up Good. to a hundred, and he doesn't like losing. Uh, but yeah, he's getting better learn. every time. That's so. part of the yeah. one of the most important lessons is learning how to like lose appropriately in video games and handling it well. Yeah, that's hard to find the right difficulty level with yeah, Starfighter. Yeah, I've been on easy because I'm I'm just a tourist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. I think that's all we've been we've been playing. Um, if there's anything else we want to hit before uh, we call it a night, I don't know. I, you guys have anything? A lot of kind of what's been going on. I think we're at our longest podcast yet at this point. Yeah. Um, just looking at the timestamp and where we're at on the recording software. Uh no. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is something that uh, Aaron mentioned, and I had to look up before mm. uh, on the in the pre-roll. And I at least want to give this a plug because I love the the developer. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, moving out by Team Seventeen. Team Seventeen is the people that brought us Worms, uh, like Worms Armageddon, Worms, uh, all, all the way back, um, and they also more recently have you know, done overcooked. That's, you know, it's, it's a bingo card for us. Um, and this is kind of the same thing as overcooked, but a little, a little different in, in what it's trying to do. Uh, someone want to help me out with words tonight. Uh, I mean, it looked from what I'd seen, like you're, you're moving out of a house, right? So yeah. It's like you packing stuff up or like taking it to the, the vehicle. I think so. Like the reason I'm aware of it is because I'm on a Discord that one of the developers is on. So I I'm just aware of it because of that. I haven't actually looked at the gameplay very much, and it, but it looks really cute and it looks really fun from what I've seen of just like and for, like a little bit of the talk that's happened in the Discord, but also from the overhead. Like here's some screenshots I've seen. Yeah. It's like this makes sense. This is fun. Uh, it looks a lot like Overcooked. It does. So, so it maybe just yeah, and team team seventeen has little gifts of 
of stuff on their on their website for for moving out and it's again a kind of a top down isometric yeah. looks like a uh, game but it yeah and so you've got multiple people with the same kind of press a button to grab and yeah. then you know you can toss things by running and letting go of the button <laughs> um and so you know there's there's one bit where they're everyone's trying to move a couch but there's um like uh moving sidewalks that kind of go from one room to oh, another. No. So you have to find out how to get it over there and then you move through the door and then, um, cause you know, you can't get it through the tiny door. So you have to put it through Sounds like real other life. spot. And then there's, mm-hmm. there's another where they're chasing, uh, farm animals, trying to move farm animals from one pen to another. Uh, it looks, it looks like a, a lot of fun. If you like the overcooked series, this is probably something yeah. enough different but enough the same that you should uh, pick it up. Should give it a give it a look. Yeah. But I think that's probably enough for a night. It's getting pretty late over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. I appreciate. Of course. It. Yeah. It's always a blast. Let's talk about some video games. Mm-hmm. That's what we were going to be doing anyway, yeah, right? Either that or playing them, or possibly moving at some point in the near future. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to turn around, and go to my computer, and then just pick up, pick up Final Fantasy 14 yeah, and go. keep going yeah, in that keep, one. Keep getting those levels. Excellent. Well, um, I guess uh, just a quick admin as usual. If you've ever listened to a podcast, you know all the stuff: ratings, reviews. Um, are always helpful. Share it with your friends. Uh, we're going to try and get the uh, the word out. And uh, we're toying with uh, supplemental podcasts mm-hmm. in the interstitial weeks, um, playing with some ideas there. Yeah, sorry again about the tardiness um, on this episode because of a couple things that came up. Everyone understands, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, life is as it is. Um, also, check out any anything else uh, on the on the network. Garage Night, uh, Loose Spokes, um, for all what it is. And uh, as I lose the ability to say words, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close us out. We get to say good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, we sang it apparently. Good night. Oh, I thought you started that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops.